Welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett, and I'm your host. Alyssa Altman is an author of literary memoir, essay, and food narrative. She had a rocky relationship with her mother growing up, when all of a sudden that changed when Alyssa needed to take care of her after a fall. This time, however, there was a furry aide in Pete, the dog, who became her mother's best friend. Their canine companionship opened Alyssa up to a whole new side of her mother and to focus on the present rather than the past. Alyssa, thank you so much for joining us today on Dog Save the People. Whereabouts are we speaking to you from? I'm in Newtown, Connecticut, and thank you so much for having me. Can you tell me a little bit about your background, where you grew up? I grew up in Forest Hills, New York, which is about seven miles east of Manhattan. I grew up in the late 1960s and early 70s. Lots of dogs. Everybody had dogs in apartments, which was, you know, at the time, it was a very different kind of world. Yes. And I moved to Connecticut, left New York behind. My partner, who would become my wife when she and I got together, she had a curly-coated retriever named McGillicuddy, and I had no dog in my life for 16 years at that point. Yeah. But when we lost Gilly, we were going to wait a little while before we brought another dog into our home. And I want to say it was probably two or three months, and I just couldn't stand living in a home that didn't have dog energy. And we rescued a seven-year-old, very large yellow lab sight unseen. And all we knew of her story was that she had been dumped at a high kill shelter in Paragold, Arkansas, after delivering her last litter. So she was a backyard breeder. Right. And we picked her up at a transport. She was the most compassionate and nurturing creature, canine or otherwise, that I've ever known. And I went through difficult times with family and work and clinical depression and often related to the seasons and seasonal affective disorder. And she just knew. She just knew. She was my heart dog. Yeah. She was my friend. Oh, beautiful. Addie was a mama dog. Addie had had litter after litter after litter, all of whom were taken away from her. So she had this great maternal instinct. She loved dogs and she loved our cats. And So the woman who fostered her called me one day and said, I was out jogging and I heard whimpering coming from a ditch. There were two dogs, puppies, very young puppies who had been dumped. She said, I'm sending one of them up to you because I think that Addie needs to raise a puppy. We brought him home and Addie glommed onto him instantly. And Pete learned how to be a good dog from Addie. Now, listen, before we get into discussing Pete's connection with your mother, can you please share a brief background about your relationship with your mom? I am the antithesis of everything that my mother holds to be sort of primary in her life. So my mother is hyper heterosexual. I'm a gay woman, you know, married to my wife for 22 years. My mother is not a food person. My mother doesn't like food. I won a James Beard Award for a food blog that I had written for many, many years and went to cooking school. And we could not be more different. We've had an extremely complicated, acrimonious relationship. I recently wrote a book called Motherland, which is about 
our relationship and finding myself in the position of being the primary caregiver to someone with whom I had been emotionally estranged, not physically estranged, for many, many years. Late 2016, my mother said the two words that every person with a senior parent will hear, which are, I fell. Yes. And so that completely changed our relationship in terms of my presence in her life, her presence in my life. It sort of flung us together in a way that we hadn't been in that kind of proximity since I was a little girl. She didn't live here until the early days of COVID, but Mm -hmm. she was in rehab and physical rehab a couple of miles away from my house. We saw her all the time. She was coming to visit us a lot at that point. As I always say, she's really only here for the dog. I would bring Pete down to the city to see her. We were in each other's lives in a much more physically present way. Right. And what is the bond between Pete and your mom? And how did Pete impact this particular part of your relationship and process with your mom? My mother refers to Pete as her grand dog. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, She doesn't have any other grandchildren, but her grand dog. And they have a way of communicating with each other that I find to be truly remarkable. My mother has a lot of mental health issues. Bipolar, there's borderline, there's OCD and NPD, and it's just a sort of buffet of issues that she's lived with. Pete communicates with her somehow in a way, I think, that lets her know that she is loved completely and without reservation and again without remuneration. And by that, I mean, it's not, you know, what we say tit for tat. It's not, you know, I do this for you, you do this for me. He just loves her unconditionally in the purest way. And she feels exactly the same way about him. And I have never seen her be that way with any human. (laughs) You know, I've never seen her be that way with anybody not my father, not her second husband, not cousins, not friends, but Pete is like her soul dog, you know? And it so impacted me the way this dog responds to her and the way she responds to him. There's such possibility for compassion on my mother's side that I would not otherwise see. How do you think that would have gone without having a dog like Pete? Without having a dog, period, it would be extremely complicated. And I think that I would always be struggling to find compassion in my Mm -hmm. heart. And I think that my mother would have a relationship with any dog. And I've seen her do that. My mother, 87 years old, frail, walking with a cane, crosses West End Avenue to say hello to Newfoundland. She doesn't know. Right. That's who she is. So I think that with, you know, with any dog, there would have been something. But with Pete, it's a completely different story. You know, what Pete has allowed me to do is forgive my mother for the things that she has no control over. You know, mental health issues. She doesn't have control over that. Sure. And I always say, you know, I didn't get her build. I didn't get her height. I didn't get her weight. I didn't get her world outlook. And that's probably a good thing. 
But what I did get from her is this profound connection to and affection for dogs. And I often feel if that's the thing that I got from her, that's enough. Absolutely. So Alyssa, to wrap things up, where can we find you on social media? Instagram at Alyssa underscore Altman. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I thought it was really beautiful to hear about how, despite their history of conflict, they'd always had this love of dogs in common. And I think what's so beautiful about this is that dogs are such a conduit in helping us heal relationships. And what it does for me is that it really brings out the best in all of us. So it really helps us to see that wonderful side of another person that we may not be able to see in our personal relationship with them. But when a dog comes into the room, all bets are off and everything changes. And that's what's so beautiful and such a powerful aspect of the world of dogs. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is made by As It Should Be, a production company and content studio. It is made with the support of Scott Benaglio, executive producer, and Jack Summer, our producer and editor. And special thanks to Daniel Lampert, our neighbor and composer, for creating the music for the show. You can follow Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow our show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. To sign up for our monthly email newsletter, you can go to dogsavethepeople.com. On the website, you'll also be able to find merch in our new online gift shop. This includes shirts from the Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, my foundation, where profits go to supporting independent rescues and shelters. If you have any questions or submissions, please drop a note to the email address bark at dogsavethepeople.com. Enjoy a walk with your dog outside and make it a great day for both of you. Thank you.